0: Welcome to another big episode of the Tony Wolf Unhinged Podcast. I am your host, Tony Wolf, and we're here on a special occasion. Last week I didn't get to do a podcast because my internet cable and everything was out, so I was disconnected from the world other than my cell phone. But I just got home, just saw Spider Man No Way Home, and I can honestly say, of all the Spider Man movies that I have seen, and I've seen eight in the modern era of Spider... Or of the or Mar- I can't even talk tonight, I'm so happy. Of the Marvel movies and stuff that came out before the Marvel movies, and I can say of the eight Spider-Man movies that I have seen, this is, in no bullshit, no whatever, this is probably the best Spider-Man story that I have ever seen on film, but we'll get back to the review here in just a second. As I say every week, I tell you every time, and I'll put it in the comments below. If you want to get send me an email, you want to leave me a comment, you want to make a message, or ask me a question that might come up on the podcast, send it to the Wolfden Blog at yahoo.com. Just send it to the Wolf Den blog at yahoo.com and put in the subject matter podcast or podcast questions, and I'll get back to you as soon as I get the, the email. Um, if you want to go look at some of my graphic design work, you can go to Gemini Wolf and I try to put stuff on my website to show the other side of my skill sets. And if you want to go to over to YouTube, look up Tony Wolf Tony Wolf vlog and check out Tony Wolf remembers classic Tri-State wrestling. All of those things you can check out anytime. If you know me on social media, you know how to get a hold of me there. So, we'll be right back with more of this review of Spider-Man no way home welcome back ladies and gentlemen this is your host again Tony Wolf. and as I said in the opener just got home from seeing Spider-Man No Way Home this like Shang-Chi and like several of the other movies is a real roller coaster for the narrative that they put out in this movie it starts right where oh wait a minute before I get going too far This is a spoiler, 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 filled review. So, yeah, spoilers will be talked about. You've been warned. Okay. Now, back to what I was talking about. The way they opened this movie, it starts right where Spider-Man Far From Home hits, or ends and you're finding the how everything went down with mysterio and everything you're finding out what parker's life was after all this went down and the way that they did it it was three friends that were all being punished because one of them was being accused of something They were all being held to what he did, or didn't do, if you saw Far From Home. And there were several characters that we expected to show up. We had suspicions that were going to show up. And for some of those assholes out there that put out spoiler pictures, we found out that they actually were in the movie. But since this is a spoiler-filled review, I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Daredevil, Charlie Cox, Matt Murdock, from the Netflix series, makes a cameo, which was great. Everybody loved it in the theater. Everybody was tickled to death on that one. Then you find out that Happy and Aunt May have busted up because Happy is too much of a control freak, and... It goes into a, the narrative that they went with was the emotional. Peter find it being basically ostracized for doing what he thought was right and helping the Avengers and then doing what he thought was right as a, as a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man superhero on the local side and doing the things that he was doing. Now, I can say without a doubt... The standout role in this was J. Jonah Jameson. J.K. Simmons truly embodies every bit of egomaniacal prick that he can be to be this character. If you've ever watched the old animated series and the old TV show from back in the... 80s or 70s, whatever it was. The way this version of J. Jonah Jameson is played is right out of the comic books, right out of the animated series. I mean, it's God perfect. I mean, he hits it out of the park with no remorse. You see Jay Jonah Jameson just the way Stan Lee and Steve didka wrote him in the book in the comics. And he is as big a prick in the comics as he is in this movie. And Zendaya, Tom Holland, the whole cast, great. It was great to see the beginnings of a Sinister Six setup up by bringing back characters from two other Spider-Man universes and bringing them all together into one place. And I can honestly th- say Jamie Foxx's costume was probably one of the better remakes of the costumes. They hit that one out of the park this time. And John Woo, I think his name, John Watts, I'm sorry. John Watts' direction on this movie really gave you that... How they hated Spider-Man, but then they realized it's not their Spider-Man that they're hating. And with Doc Ock, not I can't even say Norman Osborn, Green Goblin, Otto Octavius, Alfredo, how the hell do you pronounce his name? Molina, Sandman coming back. I mean, they those characters, the way they did them. And they were true to the comic books. They had Lizard show up. Lizard could speak some. So you had the brain of Dr. Connors with the look of um, Lizard. And the great part of the entire thing was they brought the original actors back who played these roles in the original Spider-Man movies. Excuse me. And everybody had been talking about over the first two movies, where's Uncle Ben? Where's Uncle Ben? What they basically indirectly put out in this movie is there was no Uncle Ben in May's life. This iteration of the movie, Aunt May is the Uncle Ben character. She is the... The archetype of the one that gives him the advice and takes care of him and helps him. Because in every Spider-Man movie, every Spider-Man comic, every Spider-Man animated series, we've always seen Uncle Ben be there being the strong male figure and giving Peter advice when his parents were no longer around. In this one, it's Aunt May. Because by the time we get to about a three-quarter mark, Aunt May gives him the speech, with great power comes great responsibility. And so you knew at that point that she was going to die. You didn't know how, you didn't know why, you just knew that she was going to die. And the way the police were chasing after him, it made it more grounded in he's having to run for his life. It's a, basically a fugitive film now, and he's running for his life trying to do what he needs to do to fix the screw-ups that him and Doctor Strange have done. And it's you find out as the movie goes along, that Tom Holland's Peter has the philosophy of let's fix them, make them where they don't become supervillains, and then send them back to their own universes, not knowing that a couple of the supervillains are irredeemable, or you think they're irredeemable. By the time the movie's over, yes, they're partially redeemable. But the cameos, the subtle nods to the other Spider-Man universes, and to the Venomverse, and to things that happened throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the little subtle hints that they put in there are outstanding. The visuals were just unbelievable. Then when you start getting into the multiverse and Doctor Strange's part in it, and just the, the small things, you really get the understanding of why he tells Peter, you can't do this. You can't change a magic spell when it's being weaved because it breaks things. It destroys, it changes things. And that's kind of where they went with this. They are they were setting up multiple stories. One being Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness. But they've also set up a Venom 3, a Spider-Man 4, and some of the other TV shows that are coming to Disney+. Because there are things that show up in these um, New York scenes that are setting those up. Um, I'm trying to think what else is there. Um, I give it a 10 out of 10. Of all the Spider-Man movies that I've seen here recently, over the last 20 years or whatever it's been since Tobey Maguire started spider-man this is probably the best one story-wise and narrative giving you the overall understanding of family of feeling remorse for things and how each one of the spider-men and yes if you didn't know All three of the original Spider Man, or three Spider Man came, showed up in this. Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland. They all showed up, surprise, surprise. They fight together. And the funny thing is, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, in their universe, there's no Avengers. They've never met an Iron Man or a Hulk. So that really kind of was some really good comic relief when they're talking about all these different things. And there's reference made to Captain America in this, and when you see the movie, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, Let's see here. What else was there? Before I get to my wrap up, the writers Chris McKenna and Eric Somers, Somers, however you pronounce it, and the others, they they definitely knew their Spider-Man lore and their Spider-Man history with the way they wrote this book or wrote this movie. First act, sets up the second act, sets up the third act, kept you on a roller coaster the entire time, made you want to sit there. In some movies you will go to, you'll get about halfway through and say, like, God, i got to go to the bathroom. Well, in this one, you don't want to get up and leave until the last credit rolls and the last post-credit scene goes off because you don't want to miss anything. And... Truthfully, the two hours and 37 minutes, I believe it was that this movie was, it flew by. It did not feel like a two hour or two and a half hour movie. <clears throat> and it's definitely a movie that you will watch multiple times to see what you missed and what you didn't or what little nuggets were stuck in the background. Toward the end of the movie, there's a scene where the multiverse is starting to rip open. And when you're looking at the the rips, you can see other characters coming through. I saw Rhino. I saw somebody else, and I wasn't sure who it was. But I saw other characters from the cinematic universe and other villains from the Marvel Universe that they're getting ready to bring in. So, that really gives you a lot of possibilities for other Spider-Man movies and other Marvel movies in general as well as some Marvel TV shows. was very happy to see Charlie Cox show up as Matt Murdock. So now they've canonized his character Daredevil but he wasn't wearing the suit. He was just the lawyer. But they've canonized him. They canonized several other things that were... I'm trying to say some of this stuff without saying it. There were several things that they canonized that were jokes in the other movies. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, again... I gave it a 10 out of 10. There, I'm going to have to change my rating system here for too long because this is the second movie this year. Or, yeah, the second movie this year that I've had a 10 out of 10. Shang-Chi was the first one. This one's the second one. And Ghostbusters and Dune were right close to 10 out of 10s. They were like the nine seven five. So, yeah this one definitely i won't have to rethink my my rating system but before we wrap up this evening i'm already at 15 minutes plus my opener um in the post credit scenes you never leave a marvel movie without watching both post credit scenes actually there were 3 people didn't pick up on the third one the first one is if you saw Venom, Let There Be Carnage, saw the post-credit scene there. This one was the add-on for stuff that went on in that. Then there was a screen that came up that was just like a sign, but it glitched out like for Spider-Man um, into the Spider-Verse stuff. So it didn't. There wasn't a whole lot to it, but it seemed like that was a a. Little tease for Into the Spider Verse 2. <clears throat> and then the third one was actually a teaser trailer for Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness. So, you find out the arc of Spider Man is now done with this movie. They've got more space to go. Spider Man starts college next year. You've got Dr. Strange is going to have to go through and fix the problems that doing this spell has caused in the cinematic universe. Now he's got to go get Scarlet Witch and get her to help. So that'll be interesting. And it'll be interesting to see where Venom ends up showing up next in the MCU. That's another episode of Tony Wolf Unhinged Podcast. I hope you all have enjoyed the show. And like always, remember, you're listening to Tony Wolf Unhinged. Why? Because I'm unhinged and I never know what I'm going to talk about from week to week. But if you do want to leave me a message, you do want to leave me a comment, you want to send me an email, maybe get it on the podcast, send it to the wolf den v- blog almost said vlog the wolf den blog at yahoo.com and i check that email a couple times a week and if it if i get a notification saying there's something there i'll go check it out and you never know you might have a message on uh, one of my next podcasts so hope you all have a good evening and uh Hopefully Sunday I'll release another special of watching The Witcher 2, season 2, first couple of episodes. I'll give you my thoughts on that. So y'all have a good evening, and see you on the unhinged side.